friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch, where there's always an open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So, you know what time it is. Lace up those shoes, put a smile on your face, and let's log some miles. Gonna start off with our dynamic stretches and do some walking lunges. Hands on your hips, give them a little shake. And we're going to go ahead and alternate our lunges. So I like to start with my right foot. You put your right foot in front of you, lunge down, bring your feet back to center, and then repeat on your left side, walking along as you go, hence the name. But please pay attention to where you are lunge walking because there's usually a wall, a person, or maybe a stray animal just waiting for you to trip and that's not fun for anybody. So let's get the last few in here. And then we're going to bring it in for leg swings. I do recommend having a chair or a wall or something to brace yourself against. So you really focus on the stretch here versus the insane balance that it does take. But if you're confident, let your freak flag fly. We're going to go ahead and take our leg, take your right leg going backwards and forwards, nice and controlled making sure that all of those joints are getting warmed up and you're feeling limbered up because, hey, it is running. You use your lower body. Again, goes hand in hand. Going to take your left leg now, do the same thing, forwards and back, really feeling that stretch. If you want, you can also do them side to side, kind of like a pendulum. Whatever your body is telling you is usually a good indication of what you should do. I can't talk, so apparently I need some tongue tires. Gonna do our last swings here and then bring it on in for butt kicks. Gonna take your heels, drive them into those glutes, really stretching out those quads, that lower body. I tend to like give myself a little bounce and dance because again, who doesn't love dancing? I dance before every single recording. Christine can definitely attest to that because it just sets my world right. So dance it out a little bit as you're doing those butt kicks. Maybe take your arms, wave them in the air like you just don't care because it's time to get warmed up and walking on forward. So we're going to bring it down, shake it out, and go into a five-minute walk and warm-up in three, two, and one. Coach Christine, you know I am busting with excitement. You know, there's so many great things about today's episode. I mean, so many great things. But I think let's bring it back to the very, very beginning where you and I were sitting around and we're doing our kind of a, what do we do? How do we cook up some goodness for the brunch crew? And we got into a little bit of, is this possible? Can we actually get this individual to come on to our show? And I think we walked away with, let's just shoot our shot and see what happens, right? And then we did. We didn't hear anything and we were okay with it because that's been something that we've come to the conclusion of where there, it's not, we're not at that point yet where everybody's going to want to come on to brunch or whatever the case may be. Um, but then we found out that this individual was excited to come on to brunch, but had gotten eaten, uh, her email had gotten eaten up by our little email gremlin filters and we didn't know. So it, basically it looked like we had left her on red, which is totally not our, our 
intention whatsoever. So I think that that is just so funny how it's been just a one thing after another, because then we finally were able to get her scheduled. I got a notice in terms of we can't make it happen because I didn't, wasn't going to have power in my building for like two hours um, during, of course, during that one time that we actually had her scheduled. But it's been to me, it's almost such a great parallel of good things happen when you're willing to be persistent and dedicated and it's a little bit of fortune and favor meets preparedness, which translates so beautifully to this episode and just continuing to like kind of pursuing big audacious goals. It goes back to, and I'm wearing the necklace and I wear it a lot. And it goes back to my favorite saying, I use it all the time. Don't be afraid to fail. Be brave enough to try. And especially I feel like in my season of running, my season of life, our season of growing time for brunch, it really is one of those things like we just can't be afraid to fail. And this was a big one for me. Like you said, I, I remember you saying just message her. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I took a shot of espresso. I'm pretty sure. I was like, I'm just going to make it happen. And I fast and furious typed and here we are. Yes. So friends, as you probably have picked up by the newsletter and or um, the episode notes, we're really excited about this. But I also want to mention that um, Coach Shelby, I'm going to let you go ahead and go with the intro. So I'm not taking that away. But joy in this run this is it. Like we talk about it quite often, but this run is going to be the run that I feel like if there is one to kind of keep on bookmark, download it, keep it in in your um, back pocket for when you need that little extra pep in your step, this is the one that you're going to want to go to. So we're going to hear coach, you go ahead and let us know more about our guest for today. And then we'll talk about today's game. Okay, well, today's guest is Brittany Charbonneau, a.k.a. The Funny Runner, which you may have heard of her before. She has a little documentary. I say little, but I mean, it's it's awesome, which we'll definitely include in the show notes as well. Um, But I came to find her through another podcast. And then this year, you might have heard that name quite a bit as she made history as the only person to ever win the Dopey Challenge. Yes, the Dopey Challenge from Run Disney. While that's not her entire resume, she is also a pro runner for North Face, works with Tailwind Nutrition, coaches at Mercario Running. I mean, I, and I told her in this episode, pretty much the Dopey Challenge for me, it's like, that's just it. Like that will be forever the stamp. And she seemed pretty okay with that being her <laughs> stamp of joy, no pun intended. So we learn a lot from her. I think um, there's a lot of like philosophical conversation with a lot of lightheartedness. But one of the things that we learned is that a way that she helps herself find joy and meaning and kind of some just a little bit of extra oomph to her runs is that she picks up pennies. So we're going to talk about, I'm not going to steal her thunder because it's her jam. And she has a lot of wisdom drops about that. But friends, what we have included in the newsletter and what we're going to ask you is to find your penny. Find something that you can maybe look for in your runs that helps you be mindful, present, and also bring back the joy of getting this to be kind of an opportunity for you to get out there and and just enjoy yourself. So coach, do you have your version of a penny or have you started thinking of what you want as your penny for your runs? (sighs) I'm probably, I, I am big into numbers but numbers can be Mm -hmm. hard because, you know, running math. 
Um, but I think I'm gonna start looking for yellow flowers and yellow seeing, flowers. I because I love yellow. My grandma loved yellow, specifically roses. But I think just yellow flowers, and it's it's eco conscious and they're bright and cheery. So why not? What about you? I- I love that. And I, I love that you're able to do that year round here in Florida. So friends, yes. you're, you'll have to take that into consideration wherever you're running. Make sure that it's not something that you're only going to see a, a few months out of the year. Um, I think I have always gravitated towards looking for um, like rainbows or things that are kind of rainbow like. So whenever I'm out on a run and I find a rainbow, like maybe a prism of a water fountain or something, I usually do stop and take a picture of that. Usually has to do with wildlife because in my head, I'm a little bit like Snow White. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about that. And it's per- perfectly appropriate that we're going to finish up with a little bit of Snow White and Disney reference as we turn it over for Coach Shelby to get us started. And with that, we're going to go ahead and go into our first endurance block. In three, two, and one. And officially, welcome in, Brittany. We are so incredibly excited to have you, and I'm full-on dorking out right now. Yay! I'm I'm really as equally dorking out pumped to be here. So thanks. You've had quite the year. Um, which we'll get into. I mean, it's been busy. I've I've followed you for a while now, and it's so cool because you are an elite. First and foremost, we do know that you compete at some of the highest levels there is. But it, like going through just even your Instagram, you have such a joy that comes through. And you, you break the mold in a lot of different ways. So um, first and foremost, let's bring it back to the beginning. Go ahead and give your introduction for yourself. Because, I mean, we did, but you obviously know yourself a little bit better, I would assume, than us. So (laughs) go ahead and tell us a little about yourself and how you came to the wonderful sport that is running. Yeah, I think when you have so many long runs to yourself, you really get to know yourself. So, um, (laughs) um, yeah, my name is Brittany Charbonneau. I um, call myself the funny runner. Um, and I invented that years ago when I left my corporate job to pursue running and at the time comedy as well. Um, and, um, it's kind of evolved now into which I'm glad it's coming across. There's days that I post on Instagram that I'm like, Oh dear Lord, are, is this reading at all? Are people going to get this? Um, but yeah, now it's kind of just evolved to just having fun while running. And um, now I'm lucky enough to do it at an elite level. And this is my quote unquote job. Um, So I, um, yeah, I'm sponsored by the North Face. So I've um, got a background in road running and that's kind of where my marathoning started um, a few years ago. And then I found trail running after really when the pandemic hit um, after the Olympic trials in 2020. So I kind of mix both, which is really fun. I think, I think my kind of whole thing is trying not to be stuck in one box and trying not to, like, I'm just kind of following what brings me joy and what I love to do and letting that kind of dictate my path. And so um, I've been running since I was in middle school. Um, I did it just because it was like fun and social. I was never top of the pack in anything. So I ran throughout high school, but it was just kind of my group of weirdos that I loved. So, um, and they were just my people. They were the hard workers, but also just super, super freaks. And I was like, this is me. (laughs) Um, And I just loved running. So I just did that through high school. Um, I was never good enough to get a college scholarship. So I, in college, I didn't think that I could keep running. I did just recreationally, but 
Um, then I found out that you could like join the team as a walk-on. And so I ran my last two years as a walk-on um, at Colorado State. And then after that, I kind of just started to get into marathoning Again, super recreationally, I qualified for the Boston Marathon, having no idea what the Boston Marathon was. Um, and so it kind of has just, I feel like I've sort of stumbled my way through things um, over the years of just kind of, that sounds fun, or I'm just going to try this, I'm going to try to set this goal, um, and just kind of let that follow and lead the way. And that's kind of, as I'm looking back on this year, I feel like that's been very true this year too. My my I set an intention every year and just kind of, what am I hoping to get out of the year ahead? And and I was thinking about this this week and I have a um, like a piece of paper that I have my like intentions and goals for this year. And the first one is throw darts and just like, like just see what happens this year. And then looking back, I'm like, oh, I threw some darts. <laughs> um, I just got back from the world championships um, in Thailand for trail running and I ran the 50 mile and I'm looking back I'm like, what in the world was I doing running a 50 miler? So. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me in a very weird, quick nutshell as well. Oh, that was a wonderful freaking nutshell. <laughs> I want to buy that nutshell, put it on, put it on like a platform. Nice. <laughs> well, first and foremost, Brittany, I, I do want to clarify that while Coach Shelby is trying to say that you know yourself better, she's been full on fangirling, so she may know you rather well. Like, I'm not going to call her a stalker. Shelby, you're not a stalker, but let's just say she was like, did you see her cat's names? I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so she definitely, um, definitely has followed you for quite some time. We are so excited to have you here. I want to bring it back to that intention and throwing darts at that, at, just to see what happens. So what do you... Do you, when you do this, is there a level of fear? And oh. do you decide like, let's push through that fear anyway? Yeah, big time, big time. In fact, um, cause I'm in my off season now, taking the rest of the year off before I start training again. And um, this is just my like really special time of reflection and um, yeah, like intention setting. And I think that I kind of covet this time of year because it's just so important for um, just looking back recognizing that oh right I have made progress like because there's a lot of times that you're like man I don't even think I'm going forward at all and you look back you're like Mac, I actually accomplished a lot and I'm actually really growing as a person and I'm excited to keep that going for the next year um and yeah there's there's like I feel like I feel like I was kind of crippled by fear this year actually um because I threw some pretty heavy darts um, I started the year, um, at Disney and, you know, winning all of the races at the Dopey challenge and that kind of first and was, only person to ever, yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I feel like that was just such a random dart that I threw. It was just like this joyful, like, I don't like, I just love running at Disney. So I, and that kind of then led to me running my 50 miler in the spring because I was like, well, if I could run 48 miles in four days, I could certainly run. 48 miles in one day. <laughs> um, and then that kind of led to then qualifying for the world championships um, in the in the 50 mile distance. And I kind of felt a little bit over my head this fall as I was training. It was just like something so, so massive. And so everything was new. It wasn't, it was like my longest distance, my biggest amount of climbing in a run, um, my biggest, uh, international stage that I've been on yet um, in a whole new country running through the jungle in the heat and humidity with having no. So 
Um, I think as I am setting goals and intentions for next year, I do keep in mind that it all, because I'm setting these big goals and because I'm putting these big intentions out there, they have to come with fear because that's the trade-off. Um, and I think it's just now getting, remembering to stay creative with that fear and not letting it be in the driver's seat. Like I always like imagine I'm in a car and I'm like, fear can be in the back seat or like they're gonna take like a really far back seat in my like huge like school bus. I imagine myself in a school bus for some reason, my like spirit mobile and fear's there, but it cannot be in the front seat. It cannot drive with me, but sometimes it does creep its way up and next thing I know it's driving. And so um, I think just remembering that piece for myself is part of the process, it's normal, but it's like, all right, you can, you can, you're driving, you can drive for like two more seconds and then out. Cause I gotta get back to what actually brings me joy and what is, where I actually am going. I appreciate that you lean into it though, by saying like, I'm gonna let it drive. It's, and then it's kind of always like, when you say like you vision a bus, I have envisioned like the hub lane or the HOV oh, lane yeah. to where it's like, <laughs> you're there, like you're allowed to be there because you let me go faster, but don't get crazy. Like I'm still the one who's in control here. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. I love that analogy. Cause it is, it's like, well, you know, you, you do have a trade off. Like I honestly, the bigger the, the bigger the goal, the more like risk, the more that's out of your control, um, which is scary in and of itself, especially for runners. I feel like we're kind of control freaks sometimes. And, um, you know, remembering to let that go because that's part of the fun. But um, yeah, it's all, I think it's all part of it. And I think I learned a lot this year about fear management and where fear kind of just like what the signs are for when fear creeps back in because inevitably it's going to happen again this year, like this next coming year, it's gonna happen again. And so, um, but I think like the cool part is remembering it's part of the process. Like it's it's just there, it's, it's part of who we are as humans and as runners and, um, and it's okay to have fear there, but like, just like remembering not to let it drive. Yeah, I remember hearing someone say that to the fact that like we've always put a really negative connotation around fear or anxiety or any of the other emotions that maybe don't feel great all the time or bubbly and outgoing, kind of going back to your inside out and winning the dopey challenge as joy. Um, but in reality, there there's actually just present to kind of help us check in with ourselves and see what's next for us. So I love that you, as, as Coach Shelby mentioned, leaned into it so much. I'm fascinated by the fact that in Coach Shelby, your mind, you you have her going down the HOV line, I, or HOV lane, I'm thinking down 95 here in Florida, but I automatically made this bus like this super cool, magical mystery bus with like all sorts of tie-dye art on the outside. I don't know if that's what your bus looks like, but that's what it, you're driving in my head. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to send you a photo after this of my spirit mobile because I've created it and it exists. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh, we have to see this. I feel like it has like a little animated shorts coming in our way here soon. Maybe that's going to be one of the intentions because I want to see this like as a cartoon on a little mini series. Or a kid's book. Oh, that's a dream. We're going to have everybody writing kid's books. <laughs> I know. That's a dream. We're, everybody who comes on here, we add at least five things to your to-do list. Like, okay, we think you should do X, Y, and Z. How <laughs> much time to do it all. So, And I take on everything. Yes, I'm going to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're speaking Coach Christine's love language because she's very big into journaling and visualization. And um, we're going to go in because you've said before and on all your everything, you go into how you create a lot of art. But I do want to bring it back to the beginning of this year before we go any further, because 
I honestly think like this is probably the coolest achievement and it doesn't downplay any of your other achievements but the fact that you did win the dopey challenge in Disney and I know you've talked about on other shows before about how it came about you just kind of shoot your shot and was like hey can I do this but it's an important caveat to note you didn't just run these you did in fact embrace the Disney everything and you did costumes which I know you do on your training runs as well so bring us back to is that probably one of the coolest things you've done oh man honestly like I have a wall downstairs that has all our, all my medals and things like that. And then I'm in my art room right now and I've got, you know, my trophies and things like that. And everything's been like, great. It's been awesome. But honestly, my, I think my own personal favorite and just most pride filled achievement was Dopey just because it was so, just so authentically me. And it was just like, I like aside, I think it was rad winning all of it, of course, but I think because I just leaned into me so hard, like it was, um, my costumes are just so important to me. Disney is just a staple of my life. Um, and, but running it fast. And I think just like also connecting with everybody there, like it was just such a big, um, it was just such a love fest. Big, honestly, like Disney overload love fest. Like it was a Disney movie, right? Like that whole thing was my Disney movie. So it's, I'm really proud of it. I've made some amazing connections with people because of it. And I hope that it like just continues to show people that even at my level, it can be so fun and it can be, it can be whatever you want it to be. Like, I guess that was like something so special for me and proof and that's why I got my tattoo of it It was just like don't forget that you can do it your way and you can uh like just whatever that looks like for you um you can do it your way I feel like Brittany you're gonna make me cry by the end of today because it's so beautiful to hear that um just absolute joy and love and like I feel like everybody at Run Disney now wants to ride in this bus of yours, your your spirit mobile, where we can just all hang out where you're being authentically yourself and everybody can be authentically themselves as well. So okay. um, congratulations on that incredible feat. I'll never forget hearing about it here in like the local community. Um, I'm in Orlando and of course Run Disney is a big part of a lot of our lives and just being like what how is that even possible and who races Run Disney <laughs> clearly <laughs> we now know <laughs> yeah yeah it's um, it was cool too because there was like there's no money on the line like this is my job but it was like there's no money to be had so I think that that was special to me too because it was just like I'm genuinely doing it for the love of it like I'm not making a dime so um yeah so thank you I'm excited I'm actually coming back um for Disney this January um I'm not racing but I'm gonna be out cheering I've got people I've coached um out there running but I also was just like I gotta go back and just cheer everybody on so I'm gonna be there I don't know what where exactly yet what days for sure but I think hopefully most of the days um and I don't know what costumes I'll be in yet but I'm sure you'll um stay up to date on my Instagram of where I'll be and um cheering people on so I'm really excited about that well same uh we just cheered over at wine and dine I was wearing pancakes for brunch clearly oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. so yeah I can't wait to see you while we're cheering on the runners it's such a beautiful I love going to spectate races like I love running them who doesn't love running them right but um well I guess I should say there have been races I didn't love running but spectating and getting to see just the 
getting to see the human spirit of everyone as you persevere and, and stay dedicated to it, it's just absolutely beautiful. I think cheering people, I think cheering races kills comparison for me um, in a, in a such a lovely way at that. So, um, in 2019, I was supposed to run the London marathon and I, um, had to pull out the night before cause I got injured. Um, and I was throwing myself the world's biggest pity party the morning of the race. And I was like, I can't possibly go out and cheer on these people. Like it's going to be too hard for me. And then I was like, get your butt outside and go cheer on everybody that does this for you. And it was honestly the most eye-opening day and it was the best day ever because we were out there for hours just cheering everybody on. And something that really stuck with me from that race was I always envisioned that people would feel bad for me if I was one of the last people in the elite wave. Like I thought people would be like this poor girl. But as like the back of the elite pack came through, I was like, oh my gosh, they're still so amazing. And then all of the rest of the runners come through that are literally out there all day long. And I'm like, man, that job is harder than our job, honestly. Like the people that are out there for so many hours just doing it is so motivating. It is so impressive. And I think you recognize that everybody has their own story. And you're, I always felt like people would feel bad for me or judge me or like, I'm not good enough. But really, it's like, no, everyone that's out there it has their own journey that they're on. And you just want to like, cheer them to the finish because they're doing it and it's so amazing so i think any opportunity that there is to go out and cheer and just kind of put that energy back out there is just so special and so important for our sport because it's you know um just i don't know it's just rad so i'm i'm super stoked to and also like man can you imagine all the costumes we're gonna see at disney Oh my gosh, that's the best part. And I, I'm going to need you, Brittany, to help me with a little bit of peer pressure here because I'm trying to get Coach Shelby to dress up as characters from from Up for our springtime oh. surprise. Because, I mean, Kevin, hello. You have to. Oh my gosh, like, that's so good. That's my intention for 2023. I want to leave as many feathers as possible behind on the Run Disney course. But anyway, we'll get back to that. I want to bring it back to what you just said about killing the comparison game a little bit because we do have runners of... And that's a big deal for us here at, um, at Brunch, where we want to make sure that people of all paces and abilities feel comfortable with pursuing the, the love of running and movement in general. But what I love to say or bring back is that for those people who are really, because I have seen those back of the packers or um, where they almost kind of start to like collapse inside of themselves because they are worried of judgment. You likely are being judged, friends. You're being judged where we all think you are the total badass. Like you are kicking ass, Paul. I mean, I have like literally I get goosebumps when I see back of the Packers just continue to put one foot in front of the other to get to that finish line. So let's dispel that. It's coming from Brittany herself, the winner of Dopey Challenge. We all love regardless if you're the front runner or you're at the back of the pack and bringing it in. We love it all. So that's always a great thing to to remember you matter you're amazing absolutely so if you don't believe it from us now we have yet another person telling you so yeah come on guys it's fine like just embrace your badassery like and just let it it go call it a day yep (laughs) well as you guys are doing great out there which we know you are we're gonna go ahead and we're going to bring it for a two minute joy pace change you can maybe take a little extra loving in the tank and just walk it out or maybe you're feeling a little invigorated and spicy and you want to bring it a little bit higher a pace either is fine go ahead and choose your journey in three 
two, and one. Now, I always say, I'm like, during the beginning of the run, I don't feel super spicy necessarily. Like, I try to save it for the end. Now, again, you have a lot of fun during your workouts. Do you usually always try to spice it up, or are there times you're like, no, I'm gonna just enjoy and kind of cruise for a little bit and take the breather? Oh, for sure. I um, really like, um, I only do a couple days that are my actual speed days and the rest of my days are easy and fun, but I also have a lot of fun on my speed. So I think that's something I'm um, really working on and continue to work on is I think there's times that I get really intimidated by workouts and I'm like get in my zone that I have to go super fast and it has to hurt really bad and all of that. But I have started to switch it. I'm like, no, like I'm going to go hard, but like sometimes I do um, like Disney song intervals. So like just because, you know, Disney songs are two to three minutes. So, you know, I'm going to go hard for uh, Love is an Open Door and then I'm going to pull it back for uh, Let It Go or whatever it is. And um, so, yeah, I think just like however you can play with it and have fun, it has to be a game. Otherwise, especially like for me, if this is I'm out there for hours and hours, it has to be a game. Um, so, yes, I don't know if that answered the question. Yes, that totally was. And I'm totally stealing that idea. My brain was like, oh, I'm like spiraling in my creative um, planning for next year. I'm like, oh yeah, I could totally do like this type of workout or this type of workout. So um, <laughs> you lost me for a second. No, we love that you, if you're going to spiral, spiraling into a Disney creative workout is definitely the way to go because you're speaking to the people who, who can who can appreciate it. We'll probably steal your idea. We will credit it though. We promise. Oh, I um, so we, we have to know, you. there wasn't prize money on the line. We're going to take it back into our next endurance block. So I'm going to ask you in just a few minutes, a question about Run Disney. In three, two, and one, there wasn't prize money on the line, but there are some incredible, unique experiences for Run Disney. So what was your reward? Was it a Mickey waffle? Was it a Mickey pretzel? Was it getting all of your bling in front of the castle? Um, yeah, we, I think the most fun part was wearing the, all the medals. We went to, um, uh, oh, I'm blinking the, the, not the, it's, isn't part of the actual, uh, what is the place that has all the restaurants that's not actually in Disney World? Disney Springs. Disney Springs. Um, we went, we went there after the race and like just hung out with, um, people and had the medals on and I still had my hair in my double bubble ponies that was spray painted <laughs> half black, half white. Cause I was Cruella on the marathon day. And like most people there had no idea like what I had just done or why I was looking like that. <laughs> um, and it was really fun. Some people did, um, but it was fun to hang out there. And then the day after we got to do the VIP tour, um, with the race announcers and things like that. And actually that's what we're doing again this year is doing the VIP tour through this, through all of the parks and everything. So that was by far a highlight. And we had the Mickey um, ice cream sticks and everything. Uh, that was like the coolest experience in the whole world. So um, yeah, I mean, like I don't, people keep asking if I'm gonna run Dopey again or if I do it again. And I just don't, I don't think so because I think it, I can't top that whole experience. Like anything would probably be a letdown of it. So I just am like savoring that whole time and letting it, letting it be there. And then, you know, creating some new Disney experiences going forward but um it was honestly it was just the best the best experience ever 
You're just content being the official face forever for Run Disney and the Dopey Challenge specifically. Be like, no, it's fine. Like, I did that. Like, I'm just going to enjoy all the coolness now. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's how I would play it, you know? And, and Maya, I don't need to run. I don't need to run that all again. Like, that was plenty. I'm good. <laughs> Been there, done that, have the medals and the title to go with it. Do you have a favorite ride? Like if you had to pick one ride at, to to go on your VIP tour over and over again? Yeah, the um, Soarin' was outrageous. I, I've never experienced anything like that. That was just so awesome. And that's like kind of how I feel sometimes on runs. You know, when you get in the flow and you're in your zone, you're... So for anybody that happens to... I didn't know what Soren was before, but you are on kind of like a crotch rocket and you're you're an avatar flying through um, this like mystical imaginative land that's kind of like Jurassic Park a little bit. Um, and you've got the wind and the smells and the whole thing. Um, that's... It was... That was my favorite ride. It was so cool. Yes. Uh- a flight of passage. I love that one where like you're on oh, yeah, the little that's what thing. It was. Yeah, yeah, Not it's sure, okay. Yeah. It's because they're very similar rides yeah. actually. You were soaring. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you were. You are. And then it has the little bit of um the rhinos. I may be confusing the rides too. Who cares? It's phenomenal. They're both great. Just go do all the Disney things, everybody. So we go from Disney, and that's the beginning of the year, and you had mentioned it earlier in the conversation about how you just got back from world. So we go from basically in my mind two completely different worlds literally and figuratively and so how how was that because I know that you had said that that was a lifelong dream of yours to be able to represent the U.S. so for for all of us who more than likely will probably never get to the world level what was that like and just the two polar opposites of of a personality yeah it really is because Disney was you know, four days of running costumes, like so, um, so every level. And then Worlds was the top of the top and insane trail run um, in the mountains. Like it was the World Mountain Championships um, in Thailand. So yeah, you're right. It was two extremes. Um, It was, it was two extremes. Like there was so many, I'm so happy that my year is bookended with both of them. it took a lot for me to get to a happy place with Worlds. I had a really rough fall just mentally training for that. Um, you know, and talking about fear, I had so much fear with that race. And I think also I put a lot of pressure on myself of, I, I don't want to mess up this experience. Like I've always wanted to represent Team USA and here I am and it's really hard. I'm not really enjoying the training right now. It's a lot. Um, and so it was, you know, but I kept thinking about as I, so my last month, um, going into worlds, like about a month before, um, I was in a place that was like really dark and just like not in a good spot mentally. And, um, my coach honestly was like, I was expecting you to drop out of the race at that point, to be honest. Um, and I, I had to really dig in and think about what can I do in one month? I was like, I have a month left and I, my training was not going very well. I didn't feel great. Um, and, it was a lot of, it was such hard training, you know, training for a 50 miler on trail, having to get up to the mountains and things like that. Um, and so I, I had to decide, like, I've got a month left, like I can pull it together. I can pull together this month. And I kept thinking about my year started with Disney. I don't want it to end on a sour note. Like I want to, like Team USA is my dream. I just want it to be as 
as happy as that. And so that really became my mission. My last month was just like, I'm going to try to turn this around and I'm going to just try to enjoy the experience at World as much as I did at Disney. And I was really, really proud of myself. Um, I ended up finishing 27th in the race and third for the U.S., which normally wouldn't be my, wouldn't be the, like, I wouldn't be super stoked about that. But honestly, the, for what I was able to pull together, for how well I was able to turn my mental game around mid-race, um, and for just accomplishing what I did, I was just so proud of myself. And I, that was really my, my number one mission on that race was I just want to bookend the year. I want to finish it how it started. And I'm really proud of that. And so, um, it was two different worlds. It's been a big year. And I remember being like, uh, with like two miles left in the race, I was like, two more miles to the off season, two more miles to the off season. I was just like so ready to be um, just done because it's been a big year. So um, yeah, but it's kind of wild. And I think it's fun having that range and having just having just the range of Disney to worlds. You know, um, I think that that's just like, that was my mission was throw darts this year. And um, I think I did that. So I'm really proud of, really proud of how the year really did shape out. Well, I mean, like, we're two perfect strangers and we're freaking proud of you. And I can hear, like, yeah. all of the listeners right now be like, heck yeah. Like, she was thinking two miles till off season. I'm thinking two miles until my damn Mickey waffles. So <laughs> it, it all balances out. Yeah. But I, I really appreciate that because, one, I think a lot of runners specifically had years, a year like that. To where we started off the year, it's like, okay, pandemic is quote unquote over. Like, let's do this. And then by the end, we're, I keep calling myself like a sad potato. It's just because like, that's how you felt. Like you're like a little shriveled up potato that's kind of squishy and you're just kind of like, you could still eat it, but you probably shouldn't. Yeah. So that's, it, it's a re very relatable. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And honestly, like I love running. I'm obsessed with it. It's my job. Like, um, but it, like nothing changes when no matter what level you're at, nothing changes. Like you are still, you still hit those points in your training where you're like, I hate this today and this is really hard. And why am I doing this? And how am I going to do this? I think that that was the point that I got to as my race at Worlds was like, how, honestly, how in the world am I going to do this race? It seems so, so hard and so such a big goal. And I think so many people, it might be, maybe it's your first 5k, maybe it's your first half or full, full marathon. And you get to the point you're like, honestly, how am I going to do this? And it comes together, you do it. Um, but you might be a sad potato along the way, but that's normal. And then you get to be like a happy sad potato after and you get to just be a couch potato and do whatever, like whatever you want to do after. But I promise it's worth it. I'm so glad that you said that because that's exactly what was going through my mind as you're saying all this is that when we first started the conversation, you talked about how you really lean into finding joy and love and we could still work towards finding love and joy of what we do and still have really rough patches. So thank you for being so open and honest about that because I think that sometimes, especially with social media, we tend to see like the highlight reel and we don't realize that it can be tough regardless if you're just starting out or if you're on the elite level, it can be periods of darkness. Can you give us some ideas if you're willing to talk about it a little bit more? What did you do to help you kind of reset that mindset? Because I think it sounds like to me that some, with a month left, there's only so much you can do physically, but turning that mindset around was the game changer for you. Big time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I learned so much. And honestly, I'm grateful for the dark time. Like honestly, since June, 
um, it was rough. It was rough. And then again, like for me on social media, I'm like this joyful runner and like I have a blast and all these things. And I was not, I wasn't having fun. I was stressed out. I was in, I was living in the land of comparison, which is so dangerous. Um, and so I ended up, um, I, luckily I've got just an amazing team that I'm surrounded by. My coach is amazing. You know, my trainer and all of these people, certainly my husband has been pivotal. Um, but I started working with a sports psychologist, um, also, and that was huge. So I can't advocate enough for mental health. And if there is, it doesn't have to be a sports psychologist. It can be, you know, just a therapist or somebody, um, to talk to. I just watched the documentary by Jonah Hill called Stuts. Yes. Um, if, if, if people haven't watched that, watch it today. It was, I was like, this is amazing. Um, and it's just, again, continuing that conversation about mental health. Um, so that was huge. Just having somebody that I could talk to and that, you know, I think this is just so huge. And um, she was huge on having me bring back art and keep making art. And so um, I realized, and as I'm like, again, I, I'm in just such this massive reflection time. I'm like, I didn't make hardly any art this year. And that is what just grounds me, what brings me so much joy. Um, so I started making art again. And it's been some of my like less happy pieces that I've made because it's just how I felt. Um, so like there was that. And then... Um, uh, what else did I do? I think just really working on, I journaled a lot. I had to get off social media. So I was like, a, I ghosted social media from like summer to worlds because I just, I was, again, I was living in comparison. I had to get off Strava, um, all of those things. Cause I just recognized that they weren't serving me at the time. And so, um, I got off of those for a while, which was great. I did feel quite lonely. Um, I do like social media for the like just interactions and it is such a connector you know like we probably wouldn't be connected right now if it weren't for social media and things like that and so um I'm kind of trying to find the find the happy medium there of you know putting it out there and recognizing like this is everybody's highlight reel here's my highlight reel but like it's also like I'm going to show you some of like I'm going to show you my gross pussy toes after worlds <laughs> um because it's real it's disgusting and feet pics Oh, oh God. I've got like three that are probably hanging on by a thread right now. Um, I have to say, I don't understand why runners keep giving away these feet pics for free because my understanding is that this is a whole other revenue source. <laughs> oh man, I should put my disgusting feet on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make it work for you. No judgment ever here. Oh, I'm so gross thinking about the people that would want that. So, man. Um, okay, well, let's let's lean back into the the flow of the conversation. I apologize for that derailment. Oh no, great detour. Um, yeah, I think I think just all of those pieces. Um, I don't know. I don't think that there's like a good answer for any of it. And I think my coach and I are, you know, chatting about like my patterns, they're going to come back up again as I train for the next race. I set really big goals. And somebody said, I don't remember if it was a podcast listened to, or maybe it was my sports psychologist or somebody was like, listen, because I was like, I just don't know why this happens every training cycle. I do hit, I, this was probably my lowest that I've hit, but, um, I was like, I just don't know why I go through these cycles and these periods. And they were like, listen, if you are choosing to be on either a mountain or a roller coaster that goes really high and really fast, and you hit those high peaks to get to the high peaks that comes with some of those low lows. Like it's just part of, it's part of this. Like if you want to ride a mellow roller coaster and stay even keel and not have those, 
then you could ride that roller coaster, but you choose the ones that go really high. Um, but to get high, you have to go low a little bit sometimes. And so it's just kind of recognizing that that's gonna happen. I've got some really great tools now that are helping me through that process um, when that happens and just kind of recognizing like, it's all gonna pass. Like it all passed, everything's temporary. My coach always says that, like everything's temporary. Even the highs, like after Disney, it was kind of like, how am I gonna top that? Or like, how am I gonna, you know, even come close to that? And it like, it's all part of the process. So um, I think just like, like really biggest thing is just being kind to yourself. And I've really had to work on that. I'm my biggest critic. I'm so mean to myself sometimes. And I think recognizing that and um, just really working on that self-talk and just just giving myself some grace every once in a while. I hope our listeners really take this to heart too, because again, like you had said, two different worlds, two different ends of the running spectrum between Disney and World. But just because you're at that level doesn't mean that the same things that plague everyday runners plague you as well. And granted, it might be in different aspects, but the core of it is still the same. And I think it's really important to note that, like you said, running's not the end-all be-all outlet during those hard times, because a lot of times running can bring you into those those hard times. So I would love to know, because I've seen the art and you've talked about how that's really a, a passion of yours. What's your medium? Is it more painting, more sketching, more like clay? Like what what drives you? Um, I love that you brought that up that like, because I think so many people say like running is my therapy and running, you know, but what happens when running's causing you fear and anxiety? But you still love it. I still love it, but it is causing me fear and anxiety. Um, I think you have to have something else. And my coach is such a massive advocate of that, of, you've got to have something else. And she's so pushing on this off season, especially like find these other things because running can't be that soul. Like it, you can't be so into running that you don't have another outlet. And so that's where like this art has come back in and it's been part of my life, you know, for years now. Originally it was, um, I was into performance cause I was doing comedy and um, doing improv and things like that. But um, I've really started to love um, my medium now is digital collage, but I call it Frankenstein art. So basically what I do is, so I don't like, I'm not good at drawing. I don't like to paint really. Like I like to do those things if like, I'm just kind of messing around, but I don't like to create images. I like to just take images and piece them together. So my favorite um, thing that I like to do is I like to imagine some of my favorite people that have inspired me. Like we were talking offline about Dolly Parton and um, I love envisioning my favorite people that have inspired me, what they would look like if they were runners or like what, what would they look like if they showed up right now? I'm working on a piece of Bob art, Bob Ross, um, art as a runner. And he's got some really offensive short, uh, jean shorts that I'm like, you would totally be running in these. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my like, uh, medium. I, it's all digital collage. Um, and I just like to basically it is just Frankensteining, uh, different images together, um, and Photoshopping pretty much. I'm here for it. Cause I was wondering, I'm like, with all this art, like, what do you do with it? Like, I mean, I don't know how big your your house is, but it's like, where do you 
put all I of have, it. My, my husband is amazing on so many levels, but when we bought our house, I was like, I need an art room. Um, and so he let me have one of the rooms in our house. I was like, you get the kitchen because he's a cookie baker. I was like, you get the kitchen, I get an art room. And so this is my explosion of myself in this room. And I just have art of myself and um, of other artists all over. And so I have a whole wall that's like 15 feet high. I haven't filled it yet. Um, that I just like print some of my favorite pieces um, and like they're on these photo tiles and, and I'm gonna promote myself here. Um, I'm gonna start selling them. I hopefully this month I'm working on um, revamping my website and um, being able to sell some of these pieces because I was like, I if I love them as much, maybe there's a couple weirdos that really want this weird janky Dolly Parton piece of art too because it just brings them joy as well. Um, and that's my whole goal is like, I don't like, I don't need to sell thousands and thousands, but like if it brings somebody joy as well, then that's my that's my mission. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of art in this room. It's just it is like overload of it, but it just is kind of my space that is my manifestation of my personality. I feel like you're a running Andy Warhol. Totally <laughs> sane. Yes, I didn't even think about that. What a dream. <laughs> what a weirdo that I love. Well, I'm going to say that we're going to go ahead and harness our joy here and now and take it into a joy pace change, friends, in honor of Brittany. If you guys want to pull it back or if you want to pop it up a notch a little bit, feel free to do so in three, two, and one. And secretly, I kind of want to hold on to, because we're going to include an in episode notes in our newsletter already included it, where folks can pick up some of your art um, or at least follow or stay notified so that when you're, it's official. I'm worried, though, that when we put it out there into the world officially, that somebody's going to beat me to the Dolly Parton piece. And I didn't even know if that's one of the ones that you're selling. I'll save you one. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm, I'm uh, going to be doing that. Um, I'll save you one. I'll reserve you one. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. I was like, it was immediately the one that popped up when I was looking at all of your different pieces. Um, because again, she's somebody that I'm inspired by, somebody that I love. I just think she's so down to earth. So um, I think I can't wait to see Bob Ross either in these uh, these jean shorts. I, I, honestly, now that you said that, I can't think of him not wearing jean shorts. I mean, they're like, it's amazing what you can Google if you Google um, short denim shorts male, um, <laughs> and so uh, it's gonna be um, yeah, it's gonna be something. So saddle don't up. Google that on your work computer. Just <laughs> yeah. just FYI, probably like that's probably a not safe for work. Yeah, with feet pics, friends, don't do that. So wait until you're back <laughs> resting, recovering from this run. Let's go ahead and push it back into our next block in three, two. And one. So we've talked a lot about your mind game. We talked about your creativity. Um, I want to talk more about this creativity because what I heard you say in the last segment as well was how you leaned into so many aspects of what what you really feel is authentically you. I also want to talk about um, some of the other methods that you have creative outlets. And one of your joys, which I love so much is this pennies and how much beauty it brings to you. Can you chit chat a little bit about those with us? Yes, this is something that I have been doing for years. So um, on my runs, I pick up change everywhere I go. Um, and I honestly, I've been doing this for years, just picking up change, but it's been this thing that is just part of my runs. Um, and it's, I honestly, I call it street sweeping. And so I, especially for my easy runs, I do this on every single run, even my speed workouts. Like there's been several times that my coach has been bike pacing me and I turn around and go mid speed workout and pick up a penny I see on the path. 
And then I'm like, I'll catch up, I'll catch up. I do this during coaching, like I have no shame. Um, but I, yeah, basically all I do is go out and run and I just try to find as much change as I can. Um, and I collect it every year. I, um, have a jar. I have different ways over the years that I've collected it. Um, but I have a jar right now that it says, um, I have an Abe Lincoln bobblehead cause he's my favorite president. Um, but it's, a um, he stands next to this jar and it says, um, specifically only just 2022 running change. And I don't, um, count it until the end of the year because I like to watch the pennies add up over time. And then I like to be surprised at the end of the year at how many I've found. Usually it's hundreds of pennies and, you know, hundred quarters, things like that. But I think it's, it's number one, it's gross. I get that. Like picking up dirty change. I get it. It's gross. Um, but number two, for me, it's, um, it's a, just a joyful distraction. It's collecting things. It's helping me stay present and in the moment because I'm just like, I'm just looking for the next penny. I'm just trying to stay present enough on my run that I'm just scanning the ground or, um, but then the other big thing is that it, um, watching this rise over time, it's proof that the little things add up. And that's so clutch for me is that, um, and like that every little piece has value to me. It's a one penny. It's discarded. Like so many people don't want it, but that little piece adds up and it matters. And I, I think about that in so many different ways. I think about that as like every single runner think about that is every single runner is just like that penny in my jar. They're all part of the whole thing. They're all adding up. Um, so even if you're out there and you're like, I'm a back of the packer and I, nobody cares about me. I do. Cause I want that little penny and I want it as part of my jar. Um, and it's proof to me, like my, I matter. And like, you know, I think it's just like, you can get really, uh, big and philosophical about it. Yes. Or it's also like, genuinely, I just like love finding change. Um, it's, I love like <laughs> seeing how much I can find and I know the hot spots. So, um, I know exactly where to go. I mean, car washes and, uh, drive throughs are my jam. Um, but you find them like all over the place in the least expected places. They're also my, um, I call them pennies from heaven and I, um, they're my affirmations also that I'm on the right path. So when I find them, the other way that helps me stay present, when I find them, I kind of try and catch catch whatever thought I was just thinking of because it's that affirmation of like that thoughts on the right path or like there might be just a terrible run or something and I'll find just an outrageous amount of change and I feel like it's the universe telling me like don't worry you're still on the right path so much goodness out of that like I'm sitting there I'm like I want to go find like the saddest little penny sitting out like I name inanimate objects like everything has a name in my world like chairs my GPS, it just they, they names it. So like by you say they're like, it's a little sad discarded penny. I'm like, now I got to save every single little penny that I ever find. And I'm a germaphobe too. So that's saying something. <laughs> oh, I love it. Wait, what's your, like, what's something, one of your favorite things that you've named? Um, I do have my GPS. Her name is Delilah. Oh. Like, I just, I don't know. Just, she just seems like a Delilah. Oh, I love but, this. And like, I'll even name like animals. Um, Winston has been a really popular name. I've been naming a lot of things Winston lately. Oh, I love this. Our next door neighbor, um, they have a Roomba and they call it Meryl Sweep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is phenomenal. That is yeah. so good. Oh my God. I got, that was amazing. I'm sorry for my cackle. Oh good. I'm going to have to start naming in and objects. I love this idea. 
Oh, yeah, I've been doing it ever since I was little. Christine can attest because this weekend I was just, I was naming everything and she was trying to break me in my germaphobeness by taking food from strangers. It was a grand old time. That's, that's my joy of running races is just taking food from strangers because it's like, it's the one time where I feel like it's kind of like Halloween or trick or treating where like there's a lot of, well, and plus I like to dress in costume as well. So for me, it's very parallel to just having a little bit of trick or treating and having that fun of people coming out to support us and and I'm not going to pass down a free beer on the course or a mimosa. Hell yeah. Now let's take it back to this naming because yes, after Coach Shelby brought to my attention your cats, they are definitely unique. They are. Can you give us a little bit more about your two incredible fur children and their beautiful names that you came up with? Yes. I wonder if one of them usually is in here hanging out. Um, so right now we have Bill Clinton and Snacks. Um, we originally had, there's a pool party on Saturday, um, and we named her cause we thought it would be funny to, um, name a cat a full sentence. And then the joke was on us for two reasons. Number one, she only responded to there's a pool party on Saturday. So you literally had to say it the entire time. Number two, she ran away like two years, a year and a half, two years ago or something like that. And, uh, we were walking around the neighborhood at night yelling, there's a pool party on Saturday. There's a pool party on Saturday trying to find her. So like, we just looked like lunatics. So the joke was on us. So anyway, so we got her originally and she needed a friend. So we got snacks and we named him that because people, we were like, people are going to think that we're going to name it some other ridiculous sentence. And we named it snacks because you can't have a pool party on Saturday without snacks. <laughs> and then, um, so snacks then needed a friend because she ran away. So we got Bill Clinton. Um, I love the presidents. And so we got this little tiny gray cat and <laughs> I was like, it was so funny to name it a president. Um, and he had gray hair and then fun fact, Bill Clinton, the real Bill Clinton, um, was one of the presidents that was known for like loving snacks. So we were like, this fits together. Um, but now it's funny. Yeah, he did. He had his. Oh, Bill Clinton is such a terror in our house. So every single day we're like, Bill Clinton, no, Bill Clinton, get down. Um, so it's really funny. <laughs> so I think we're learning that there's a lot of power in these words, because if you do name something, it's going to kind of just throw that out there. I named one of my dogs was boy. And I feel the same thing when he got away and we had to go through the neighborhood yelling for boy. I'm like, people are literally going to think that we are just out here trying to collect, I don't know, human kids, fur baby kids. This is just, this is not, this is not a good look for us. I'm just saying. I love that. That's amazing. For my 16th birthday, I wanted, all I wanted was a green parakeet so I could name it Pickles. Oh, and did you? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, I love People it. fully support that. And my sister had a bird named Bird because B-Y-R-D. Yeah, I mean, why? It's a perfect... <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep people guessing a little bit. And I love the dark humor with there's a pool party on Saturday. Like I'm so sorry that the cat ran away, but that is like the most priceless story I think you could ever have in like such a horrible situation. Uh, honestly, it was so funny. And then we got um, so they eat out of a Barbie pool. So when we got her, she eats out of a Barbie pool. Um, so now that's where their food dishes they eat out of um, this Barbie pool. So because we were like, well, it's still in honor of her. Um, and then my husband was devastated by the cat leaving. I had no idea that he was like so devastated by this. He was like, she was my best friend. And I was like, I'm your best friend. <laughs> um, but he got this, he goes, cause he's fully like tatted up. So he went to go get a tattoo 
in honor of her. And I was like, whatever, like do whatever you want to do. So he comes home and it's this giant entire thigh piece of there's a pool party on Saturday, lounging on a um, donut pool noodle, drinking a martini that has a fish in it. This is his tattoo on his leg. And I was like, what in the world? So um, I, yeah, so she lives on forever. <laughs> so his brain is a special place as well. Cause if that's something that he envisioned and worked with his artist on, I can only imagine like he definitely dreams in color. Yeah. But let's take, let's talk, let's segue a little bit into that because that's another one of your joys is he, as you've already said, he's a, a, a baker and he has an incredible company. I was already texting Coach Shelby with, we have to participate in his next cookie decorating workshop. But you decided like, hey, he's fabulous at this. I'm going to try my hand at it and I'm going to do hashtag Ricky cookies. Can you tell us more about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, me being very competitive, uh, he started doing these cookies in the during the pandemic um, and he um, is just amazing at them. Like he just like picked up this outrageous skill and talent for these cookies and they're custom, they're um, custom sugar cookies. And so um, I was just like, this can't be that hard. Like, you know, you see things and I think this goes to all art too. You're like, mm, I could do that, you know, or my kid could do that. And so I was like, I'll try this. And I was so wretched at that, at it. Um, so <laughs> we were like, this would be so funny to include a rookie cookie with every order. And like, it'll be my version of um, these cookies that he does to show that it's actually really hard, but also like I'm terrible. But the problem was, so we started doing it with every order. The problem was I started to actually get really good at it because you just are doing it over and over. So I haven't done them as much because um, basically they're just like the knockoff version of um, his cookies. But um, I haven't really done them as much because uh, as my training ramped up, I was going to bed at like 8 p.m. and he was up until three finishing them. And so my cookies wouldn't be done in time for the orders. So, um, but actually he, um, somebody came and picked up an order last night and they were like, I really miss rookie cookies. So we might have to do a little, um, a little throwback or a little something, something with rookie cookies again this year. But that's funny that you say that because that's exactly what came to mind. Was it? Absolutely. It, but exactly as you said, that's what I was thinking when I was like, well, if she does it enough, she's going to get good at it. So like, will it, will they actually be rookie cookies at that point? You might have to like challenge yourself. Maybe exactly. if your dominant hand is your right hand, exactly. you try to decorate with your other hand or something of that sort. <laughs> So I sit there though, it's like as runners, like you'll see somebody running in like, I, or maybe I just do this, like not in a judgmental way, but I'm like, oh, you know, you need to stand a little taller. You need to check your form. So like watching like Food Network and like the cookie competitions, is he like, that's not at all how it works. Like, no, no, no. You would never put that in royal icing. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> he was on the, he was on the Christmas cookie challenge um, in 2020 and it was uh, like totally that. And um, he got, he did amazing, but yeah, it's totally the... I could totally do that. And then you try it and it's uh, a rude awakening. <laughs> well, friends, we're going to have that link as well for you all. If especially around this time of year, if you guys feel like you want your own beautiful um, sugar tats cookie, or maybe it might include a little rookie cookie in it. We're not sure. We're not guaranteeing that, but these cookies are truly works of art. They're absolutely gorgeous. I would feel almost too bad to eat it, but I also know myself, I'd love me some cookies, so I definitely would. Yes. Um, and his, um, his company and his Instagram is called sugar tats cookies. Um, so you can follow, follow all of them. Every, I wake up in the morning. So he does a lot of them at night and I wake up and I'm genuinely looking at these like these are insane. And he just keeps like, 
and like making these new amazing cookies. So it's really fun and it keeps the creativity in our house alive too because we're both trying to, you know, stay artistic and creative and things like that. So it's fun having that, um, having that in our house too. And probably delicious. I'm just going to throw it out there. That's not, that's not a bad pre or post run treat to come home to be like, oh darn, you made more cookies. Well, and then they're, um, the best thing in the world is to have them at breakfast. So a lot of times I just have them with my coffee because they just are so good in the morning. Um, and I'm like, they're my carbs. So hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous officially. (laughs) We'll have to send you, we'll have to send you guys some. Okay, so you get cookies, Shelby. I get the Dolly Parton. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> um, so you mentioned keeping the creativity alive in the house because one thing that comes to mind is like, just like our love for running isn't unlimited, creativity is un- is not lim- It's like unlimited. It's, it's just not possible. You tap those stores. So I know that you mentioned that you're doing something super awesome next year as well, and it's the retreat. And do you feel like that's something that helps you with restoring all of your creativity? Definitely. Yep. So we're doing, um, so the um, company that I coach for, who is also my coach, is called Mercuria Running. And we're um, teaming up with this company called Blue Sky Trekking. And they're this amazing young couple. They're so fun. And they take people all around the world on um, like trekking adventures, basically running or hiking adventures. But the cool part is, is they have the routes planned and you run point to point and all the stuff, all of your luggage, everything just appears uh, on the run, like once you get to the place. So it's just like the best thing in the world that you don't have to worry about logistics or taking all of your stuff, like running with your stuff. Um, And so we are partnering up with them specifically for that reason to um, help with creativity. So it's kind of, we're gonna have an art challenge every day. we're going to be singing on uh, mountains. Uh, the husband of this couple and I are going to be singing on mountains because we both love singing Broadway um, and just kind of helping people. I think some. I think for me, what was so what was so cool. My coach, um, she went to art school. She went to Carnegie Mellon, got an art degree. So she and she was an art teacher for ten years. So she really brings this creativity to life. And I think early on when we started working together. I think she was the one who opened the door of, um, you don't have to do things a certain way. I think cause her art brain is just so like, there are no rules. And so I think if we can help people discover that, that, you know, for me, I was intimidated by quote unquote art in the past because I was like, well, I'm not an artist. And like, I don't paint, I don't draw, I don't, you know, do these like typical mediums that you think of when you think of art. And so she was really the one years ago that like, I was like, I like making digital collage and like weird Julia Childs running with a stick of butter. Like, is that art? And she was like, yes. And so we're really um, determined to help people just discover that creativity for themselves, open up the door that it can be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be this like fine art that you're selling and that like, you know, taking that mold off and then teaching and helping people blend the two worlds. And that's something that's so important to me is that I, I have to blend them because it keeps training fun. I'm stoked to get out the door. Like I think it helps um, eliminate some of the staleness that can come with running and training. That's inevitable at times, of course, but I don't think it has to be. Um, and 
expanding that creativity in so many different ways. So yeah, we're going to be, um, we're headed to Spain next summer um, with this company. So it'll be two weeks of um, two trips. Um, it'll be two full weeks. Our first week's actually sold out, but the second week is still available. It's um, the first week of August and we'll obviously include all the info on that. Um, but it's going to be really fun. We're super stoked. Like you're in beautiful mountains in Spain and doing, doing art, just getting creative and just kind of making it whatever it is. I think that time in the mountains and just the like space to be out also fosters creativity too. So it should be really fun. Um, we're like so excited and hopefully we'll get to keep, keep partnering with them each summer. They're also doing trips to Norway. So I'm like, Oh man, I want to do all of these pieces, but Spain will be really cool. So a couple of things to note, the first week's already sold out. So friends, like especially the holiday season, we've been talking about our holiday gift guide series. I would literally put this at the very top of the list of things that you could ask your loved ones for, because this sounds amazing. And I also want to say like, as you mentioned, some people don't think they're artists and maybe they have a job where they're like a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse or a teacher of that sort. They may not feel like they tap into that creative store, store a lot, but even from just getting the angle of being able to look at things differently. And I'm just going to use like a doctor as an, as we would think it's more black and white, but if you have that creative unlocked, you're allowed to, you're giving yourself to look at, well, this isn't traditional, but maybe this little thing would work. So I love the fact of really exploring that creativity in everything, whether you're writing a research paper or if you are going to create your own Frankenstein art, as you mentioned, (laughs) (laughs) Um, or looking philosophically as to how to change up your runs to create more joy. With that, we're going to have our final joy pace change for a couple of minutes in three, two, and one. I, I mean, I don't no, Coach Shelby, why you're so obsessed with Brittany? Because I am like now officially going to have to battle you for number one fangirl position. <laughs> well, and it's so funny because going through and like, again, I followed you and everything, but having this conversation with you, it's so like, I love psychoanalyzing people, but it's so cool to see how your ideals and your, your, your zest and your mission, and everything, how seamlessly it really does flow through every part of your running, your job, the the Spain retreat, and the common theme is breaking down these barriers that either society's put on us or we've put on ourselves and saying, you can't do this because, or you can't call yourself this. Like runner is a very hard title for people to use. Artist, very hard title for people to use. It's like, but who says? Yeah. Like I always think of the Selena Gomez song with that. Yeah. It's like, who, who says you can't freaking do it Mm -hmm. and even like with your spain trip and you had mentioned offline too how there's hikers there's runners they're just they're just gonna be there and it's like we genuinely don't care like just come and be authentically who you are and you're welcome in that space and i just i dork out on that type of stuff every day but it just i don't know if you've even noticed i'd be curious if you've noticed how much you really do breathe that into every part of your life from an outsider looking in it's pretty amazing Thanks. I appreciate that a lot because I think that there's a lot of times that I forget that. And I, you know, I'm in this world of mine and especially, you know, when I'm in peak training or things like that, it's uh, like, I'm just in this like little bubble and I forget that sometimes. And I forget what makes me unique. Um, and I, so after it was probably a couple weeks ago, um, I was in my art room and I was just sitting in here. I had my music going, I was singing and I was just sitting back and I was looking at all of my art and I was like, this is me. This is what makes me me and it's great. And it's not like 
anybody else. Cause I think I also, I do want to try to fit in. I do want to like feel like I fit in, but I also, that doesn't really bring me joy a lot of times because I have to change who I am. And I have, you know, started to try to realize that how I fit in just by being me. And I think with our coaching and the people that are in our run clubs and all that, we, we always say that we collect the weirdos, like we attract and collect the weirdos, but they're the fun ones. Like it's, you know, I think if you are out there and if you need one message, it's just embrace your weird, like, like own your weird and someone will love it. I think that that's something that I'm just so grateful for, especially coming out of Disney is that so many people were really on my, on my team because they were like, I was like, man, I'm at this elite that's in costumes. Like, I don't know. And it was just like, so amazing. And I'm like, oh, well, like this about you is weird. Like, please just keep being, keep being so weird because it's making our world so colorful and it's making it um, so, so much more perfect than if we were all the same and fitting in this like big, big world that we think we should be. I can't think of a more beautiful way to kind of wrap up this incredible conversation. So I'm going to bring folks back into a bit of a cool down pace for a few minutes, but I'd love for you to also give us some more information about your coaching because you, you just expressed your coaching philosophy. It sounds like very well in terms of embracing. And I think you even have it on your website where you run to the beat of your own drum. So it sounds like that's part of your philosophy as well when you're helping athletes develop in all facets of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are really similar that, you know, that it's about the whole athlete. It's not about just the running and that's so important. And, um, so yeah, our, um, coaching is Mercuria running. Um, people, we say it's like Freddie Mercury, but the girl version, like Freddie Mercuria, <laughs> I've got on my, on the back of my car, my real car, I have, um, Mercury running and I have Freddie Mercury singing into a microphone. Um, like stickered on there, um, Freddie Mercuria. Um, but yeah, we, our coaching is like all just kind of really helping people think differently, think like run creatively, um, recognizing that they're a whole person and that, you know, running comes second at the end of the day. Um, and that's just something that my coach has just instilled in me from day one. And I've grown so much as a person from that. So, um, yeah, so it's just fun. Like just, I think just, my biggest piece of advice is just if you are really finding that you're not enjoying it, what can you do differently? And if you need a permission slip, here's your permission slip for me that do it, do it what, however you want. Even if you're like, I don't know if like I'm picking up change on the side of the road. Like, is this okay? Hell yeah. Is, can I run in a wig today? Hell yeah. Or like, can I just run down different streets today. Yep. Do it. You know, whatever is just going to change it up, help it stay fresh and fun for you. Um, I think is just like the name of the game. You should totally take some change at the end of the year and make that an art piece. Like glue it I'm together. I'm surprised you haven't. I would think you oh, probably have. I think cause I get so uh, protective of my pennies. Yeah. <laughs> like, like don't touch my pennies. I don't. And I started to, have you guys heard of, um, Robin Hood? It's like an investment app. So it's Robin Hood, yes, the app. Yeah. yeah. So I get very defensive. This has been happening since college when um, one of my best friends in college, we would be training and I would stop and pick up change and I would be like, I'll catch up. And she used to get so mad because she was like, those don't matter. Like she would just get really annoyed. And so I've now made it a mission to prove 
how much change, like how much it actually adds up. And I, every, and at the end of every year, I add it up and I'm like, this is going to be thousands. And it's usually about $17 um, total. And, but I'm like, I'm going to show that this can actually go somewhere. So I started investing my, just my change money into a Robinhood account. And I only, so Robinhood is this just investment account. Right. And you can pick your um, companies that you invest in and it doesn't have to be a big amount. And so I've only invested in things that I like, like um, uh, Tempur-Pedic because that's, we have a Tempur-Pedic bed <laughs> and like um, very random other companies that um, are making my money grow. Right. Um, but- no, I do love that. Cause it's all about, yeah. that's what Robin Hood's entire platform is, is to like kind of round up your change whenever you go out shopping or whatever the case yeah. may be to kind of help you with investing. I should ask them to sponsor me. They should <laughs> yeah. sponsor you. I mentioned to Coach Shelby earlier, I was like, you know, one of my things is like, I always say like, God doesn't give it all to like everybody. So like going back to your whole comparison game, but I got to tell you, Brittany, I'm kind of thinking that you got a pretty good handle, like from your logic to your creativity, to your spirit of fun, being absolutely incredible. I'm going to, I'm just saying you got quite a bit of awesome stuff here. So we're so excited to have shared time with you. We can't let you leave the brunch table though, without having a couple of brunch questions. And first and foremost, I feel like you are going to lean more one way, but we have a rivalry here. Coach Shelby leads team savory. I'm all about team sweet. Hello, sugar cookies. <laughs> so which, which person, which team would you choose to be part of? So for brunch, do you prefer like croissants, maybe some sugar tat cookie company kind of cookies, or are you the like fear in her oh, face? So stressful. Or uh, omelets. I mean, this was our hardest question. Apparently this is the hardest question. We won't tell your husband, your husband. We won't tell him. <laughs> yeah, don't tell the husband. Uh, this is very stressful because breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. Um, and I love sweet and savory. I usually like if we go out to breakfast, if we go out to brunch, um, I usually get a eggs benny, like a like usually like a lox eggs benny, but also a pancake. But if I had to choose, I think I would lean more on the sweet side. Oh, I know. But that's like a really hard, that's like a 51%, 49%. We know, we know it's, it's a tough one. That is for sure. And I kind of feel like I, I may have had the cards stacked in my favor on this one, just because of, of, of the judgment. Then the yeah. last question that we ask at brunch is how do you take your coffee? Um, I took my coffee this morning with, I always have creamer in it. I like it. I like black, like dark, heavy roast, but then just like a splash of, um, creamer. Well, sounds. I mean, we can accept that. I'm I'm a straight black girl, so I I we we can we can stay at the same brunch table. We're good. We like we like it. Perfect. I'm glad that we can all um, still hang. Brittany, thank you so much. You've honestly injected so much joy into our day and on our runners' lives and their runs. And that's such a great, beautiful takeaway. So thank you for sharing, um, just being transparent, being open, being honest of the highs and lows. And I can't think of anybody else that we'd want to be on that roller coaster of life with. So thank you for, oh for joining us. Well, I am um, equally as honored and I just appreciate, I feel like I got just like the world's most lovely pep talk to start my day with you too. So I just appreciate you having me on and um, asking such great questions. It's truly been fun. I really do feel like we're like hanging at brunch, like what's next? What's up? Um, So thank you so much. And I just appreciate everything that you guys are putting out into the world. I appreciate the runners listening and being on this journey too. We're all, we're all in it together. 
Thank you. All right, friends. Absolutely an amazing workout. I'm sure that you have an extra pep in your step. You have found your joy throughout today. Hopefully, if not, then this is the time to give yourself a high five. Maybe have a little bit of retrospection and see what it takes to bring some extra joy. Make sure that you rehydrate and refuel maybe with a few of those sugar tats cookies. We've included that in our episode notes, of course, for you guys to place your orders. But while you're recovering and resetting for your next run, we'd appreciate it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and share us. Remember, we're still doing the 10K download giveaway, my friend. So use the hashtag TFB10K on social media. Use your selfie or whatever brought a smile to your face throughout today's run. Don't forget to keep checking out our Quick Bites edition where we're doing the holiday gift guide through the rest of this year. Drops on Wednesdays. And of course, we'll be back next Saturday for our time for brunch where we're going to be serving up more miles with a side of smiles.